Hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am out late in an area I've never been at night, so I might get stabbed, but I'm sure I'll be fine. I want to talk today about nomenclature, which I've now said enough times practicing this that I can get the word out. Basically, it is words for things, definitions of a thing, and the words we use to define it. As this is a game design podcast, I'm going to talk about games. And I'm going to start with the wonderful online thing, oh, that isn't a game. Which is always a wonderfully helpful thing to put in forum comments, because it really pushes the conversation forward about a thing. But they're technically correct. So, a game, if you go by the dictionary definition of a game, is a competition between people within a rule set, basically. It means that uh, there are multiple people, possibly in teams, and they have a set of rules. They are performing within this set of rules to try and outdo each other and to win, to get the most points, to achieve a victory condition before the others, to in some way outdo the other team. So, if this is true, if we take this dictionary definition, which I seem to want to, then there are very few computer games. You've got PvP, anything, you have to be fighting other players, you've got stuff like first-person shooters, you've got MOBAs, you've got RTSs, you've got stuff where players are in direct conflict with each other. Super Mario is not a game. Super Mario is badly defined, basically. We don't know what it is, but it's definitely not a game, which this kind of viewpoint is pretty much useless because the reason words exist, the reason we have nomenclature, is to try and explain what a thing is to another person. So saying this is not a game means you have to come up with something else. And one word I think really fits, but it's a terrible name for anything, is interactive experience. Because I've got in my head this nice little group of uh, of a Venn diagram, sort of. No, a couple of categories, which say this is a game and this is not a game, particularly computer games. And the overlap, the one defining thing between the two that means I view one as a game and the other is not a game is player agency. It's... Guess what? It is the fact that you are doing. You are not reading, you are not listening, you are not watching, you are doing. You are making choices or tasks of skill or generally decisions and those decisions will affect what happens in the game. You have an effect in this world. That is, to me, what makes a computer game. And this covers walking simulators, or I'd like to call them adventure games, exploration games, but it's stuck, because walking simulators like uh, Dear Esther, kind of, but more the likes of The Stanley Parable, Gone Home, those lot, you are still doing, you are exploring, you are finding things, and you are seeing how that impacts a scenario in the world. You are still doing, even if the doing is just choosing, and the choices you're making is just choosing where to walk. This is wonderfully outlined in the Stanley Parable, which if you haven't played, you should. You really, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't played the Stanley Parable, you should really play the Stanley Parable. Because the Stanley Parable looks at the concept of choice in games, and dissects it, and breaks it all down, and looks at what it actually is. But does so in an incredibly funny way. It's... It can be funny, it can be poignant. It's generally just a great, great game. Definitely a game. Now I've solved that, we also have uh, board games to think about. Now I've got a friend, again, not naming names, who is absolutely adamant that Pandemic 
is a puzzle and not a board game because he is taking the dictionary definition of games of competition. To him, if there is no competition between groups, it doesn't count as a game. And again, technically correct, missing the point. Because if I want a group of people to try out Pandemic and they'll go, oh, what's Pandemic? I can't go, it's a puzzle, because they will not understand. However, if I say it's a cooperative board game, we're a bit closer to getting that information across. Additionally, there's board games have been sort of broken down into two different categories for a while now of competitive and cooperative. Two different things for two different styles of game, one of which you're fighting the game, the other which you're fighting each other. But I think it misses a nuance because I have some friends who do not do well in certain types of games. They don't like feeling like they've been put upon and they're in the game. They don't like feeling that they've been targeted unfairly. And so I don't want to play competitive games with them because we're all there to have fun. So we'll play cooperative games. But there are some games, particularly the German style board games, where there's no competitive, it's not, there's no direct conflict. You are not targeting people. You are not messing up someone's game. So no one can feel like they've been put upon. They can just feel like they've been underperforming. As such, I want to make up some nomenclature. We've got cooperative games. They're fine. That is absolutely fine. A group of people working together in some way to beat a mechanic and system within the game. One second. Yes, man. Yeah. It's this. Boy. We then have competitive. And I'm going to break apart now from the normal concept of a competitive game. Competitive is specifically about competing. Everyone is doing a thing, and you are trying to do that thing better than anyone else in a more efficient way, generating the doing the thing quicker or in large quantities. Most German board games or German style board games are like this. You're building an engine, you're putting stuff together, and you are trying to outdo your opponents rather than stamp all over them which is where we get to combative games, which is a bad name, but I can't think of another one. Combative games are direct targeting of enemy forces. It's small world. It's area control. It is, I will do this thing which will mess up your plan and allow me to win. Now, there's some bleed. There's always some bleed, and it's particularly between combative and competitive. For example, uh, in a lot of the uh, German style board games, you have worker placement. Now, in worker placement, you can mess up other people's plans. You won't do it by... You might have mechanics like in uh, Lords of Waterdeep, where you can play cards that mess with someone else. You've got agenda cards that will, like, steal tokens from them or force them to do something. You've also got... Uh, even in the most sort of pure star ones, you have worker placement, and once you've placed a work on a spot, that spot can't be used. So you are still messing someone else's game up by saying, oh, I will do this thing which means that you cannot do this. There's a small amount of bleed, but there are general headings. There's also a couple of modifiers that you can stick onto these to get some more nuance. These are, first of all, team games, where players are grouped together and will win as that group. A good example of this as a team combative game is the uh, Quartermaster series. In this one, there are teams, there are different sizes, and they are all working together. They are working together to beat up the other teams to achieve objectives. Very much combative, very much team-based. You also have the uh, other modifier, which turns up not very often, but is very fun when it does, which is asynchronous, where one person is either more powerful than the others, and the rest are in a team, or they are playing a different game 
than the other. A good example of an asynchronous game is Netrunner, because in Netrunner, one person's a hacker and the other one is a corporation, and it's one trying to get in and steal stuff from the other and the other trying to defend. It's an attack and defence game. This is weird enough that it needs its own, but it works particularly well with team base. For example, you have Descent or uh, Imperial Assault, where you have a dungeon master, a mastermind who is controlling a large group of stuff, and then you have a team of players who are controlling individuals and trying to work together to take down the forces of the uh, mastermind. And I can't think of any games that don't fit in with this naming system. There's some weird stuff. There is, I mean, even the the weirdest stuff like uh, Dixit, where you are trying to guess the opponent's dreams, sort of. It's very weird. But even then, you are trying to do the thing more accurately than everyone else around the table. So that is a competitive game. You are still competing against them. Yes, sir. Good boy. And yeah, there are some people that I would not play combative games with, or not certain combative games, but would play competitive games with, because you can play those without feeling like someone is attacking you. We're not attacking each other, we are trying to outdo each other. I think that's all for today. I'm going to try and find my way back to the car, have a drink, because I haven't drunk enough. We'll see if this one goes out, because I'm really not feeling it, but I'm sure it'll be fine. All right. Until next time, goodbye.